everyone. Welcome back to the MIPAcast. It has been uh, just a couple of days since our last uh, episode, uh, and um, I'm going to get the exact date. Oh, I mean, it's been three years since the last one. Uh, so I hope everyone's been stay tuned and ready to go, and uh, I'm sure this is going to be right at the top of everyone's feed. Uh, but nonetheless, we are back, and we're going to be talking about the 2022 MIPA season and all the stuff that's happened, the to lead up to the draft that's going to be coming up in just about a month. So being joined by our commissioner, Sean Holter. Sean, how are you tonight? Hey, not too bad. How's it going, guys? Uh, glad to be here, as usual, to start off the uh, league season. Well, we're certainly glad to have the commission who's uh, been hard at work this past week and everything ready to start the, the league and uh, who was not hard at work this past week and um, is outside and forgot about us is Seth. Um, Seth, where are you and why is it so dark? I'm trapped in a closet. Richard LaVoy kidnapped me because he's so jealous of me. Oh, there you go. Oh, there he is. Hi, everybody. I'm outside right now because I got kicked out of my house because when I told my wife we were doing Mythic Cast again, she said, not from in here. You're not. <laughs> well, I'm not too surprised about that. Yeah. But we'll make well, the best of it. We will make the best of it. So um, we thought we would go over some of the trades because, uh, as always, there is a ton of trades each year that lead to um, a, a mishmash of draft order. Um, so, um, Sean, you processed all the things uh, the other day, and they have gone through. And do we? can you tell us what the, the first round order is? Because, honestly, I have no clue what it is. I've forgotten – who's drafting where or whatever it might be. So, yeah, no problem. Um, so we, for the most part, um, there was a ton of, of draft picks, even draft picks when we have our, our draft pick thread, because yet again, my annual email to ESPN asking when they're going to include draft pick trading. So I don't have to do this shit gets fallen on deaf ears. So, um, so for the, the most part i'm just pulling up the draft board that i pulled out here for 2021 um trades this year last year weren't as crazy um as previous years um so i mean this year it looks like there was involving draft picks probably about 11 12 13 trades um the the person that seemed to have cleaned up is um is uh is seth here <gasps> so, yeah. What? Yeah, it looks like you uh, you know, you and you and Adam seem to be the most um most most trades, it seems. Adam's sending everything to everybody else and Seth collecting everything from everybody else. So, so some of you diehards of the Mipicast will remember about three calendar years ago, me talking about this 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 theory. This, this process, I'm going to call it the, the process. It's going to be regionally based around Philadelphia. I've come up with this myself. This is brand new. And my process is going to be, or at least what I proposed three years ago, was that you should go all in, win the league, collect all your winnings, and then dismantle your team through early season trades, bottom out, rinse and repeat, just going you know, ebbing and flowing with lots of draft picks to not having any draft picks, never having 
just the right amount, right? I don't think you should ever just have the right amount. Either have a lot of draft picks or have no draft picks, depending on how you want your season to go. Now, three years later, fast forward, you have seen now the, the fruition. You have seen the fruits of my labor. The downside is I haven't won the championship yet. So the, the part of me going way up hasn't happened, but I am now all the way at the bottom collecting draft picks to start my ascension. So by design, not on the timetable, but the pandemic really screwed me up. I'm going to be honest. It stole like two years of my life, me and me alone. So if you factor that in, I am really actually right on schedule. Well, I'm excited to hear that um, Ben Simmons is going to be getting traded for some draft picks off your team pretty soon. <laughs> it's just going to lead you to be screwed up even more. So um... I, I'm, I'm working with him on his jump shot on the weekends. Things are going not as quickly as I want, but we will get there. So essentially, your, your team's going to have one solid player and a bunch of not so great players. Yeah, but the picks, John, the prop, don't you know that the promise, the potential of what the picks could be is actually better than the players themselves because you can't be disappointed in promise? So you're, you're telling your owner you just want to stay on for another like four or five years until the process is finished is what it comes down to. Well, no, he can't fight. He can't let me go before it's before it's come to an end. And if I just keep pushing it back, it never comes to an end. A loophole. Thank you. Well, I I'm excited to see who you're going to draft this year. And if you, you know, remember it's a PPR league, finally. I know, but I finally have the number one overall pick. So, and I'm pretty sure Gronk's not getting kept. So this is the year, mm -hmm. fingers crossed, I get the big man. So, yeah, so not only does Seth have the first overall pick, he's got Al's pick, which is number 12. Him and Finley are the only two that have the, the extra first round after keeper, the illustrious third round picks. So, um, yeah, so him and Finley have two picks in the third round. Um, so the first round is going to go Seth, followed by Finley, followed by Fahey, followed by ML, followed by Will. Followed by, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Will also sent a third round pick to ML. So Will doesn't have his pick. ML's got back-to-back -back picks at four and five. Sean, let me ask you, stop, stop right there. Yeah. Some of those teams that you just mentioned in, the, in this top five or top six order, how many of those teams, excluding myself, are frequent in this positioning? Where they have multiple first round picks? More like where they always seem to have a top five or six pick. Uh, it it varies because, um, I mean, for, for a while, um, Fahey was, you know, at the top of the league for a while. Um, same with uh, same with Finley. Finley won it a couple of years ago. So do you, do you see a constant turnover in terms of whose teams are competitive or do you think you can identify trends of, or, or at least do you think you can, for the most part, predict where owners are going to finish based um, on the past 15 years? After the draft, you can kind of see, or the way, the way they draft more often than not, you can, you can see a lot of people after they, they draft and you realize the talent that they have, um, you can kind of see where they're going to, where they're going to end up. Um, yeah, I know for for jokes we've used like fantasy pros and ESPN had a 
had a predictor too. And more often than not, it was never right for what the, what the standings were going to end up with. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, you can, you could tell who's after it's basically after the draft, not based off of this, um, with all the extra picks, all the extra picks means you just got, you just got a, uh, you know, another shot, another shot at it, or you can grab a, a better position earlier than having to wait until the later rounds for, for a certain player or a certain position you want to get. I, I want to commend Sean for being very diplomatic and not pointing out that Seth is always in the top five of the draft picks. So I, I could commend you, know, you, Sean. I was like, <laughs> I had him teed up to just drop a bomb on the league about who he thought the worst owners were in terms of product. And he so expertly steered away from that. Thought I was talking to fucking Mike Greenberg or something with that, <laughs> with that political fence riding answer. Well, I mean, other than the last few years where I've, I've, played you late in the season and knocked your uh, playoff hopes out is that what we're, we're talking about <laughs> my time to, it's been there's been a pandemic i'm not sure if you know that hey i won the pandemic year there was no playoff bubble <laughs> uh I, I think like it's for the most part though there is a pretty good amount of mix going up and down the league for you know you know some years some people are up some and down and so I don't, there isn't, there might be a few years where like, you know, all right, he's like, you know, like Fahey's been at the top of the league for, for a few years and then the new cycles back down. So I think it seems to be that there is a thing for the most part. Although I think if, if you get stuck to the bottom, it can be kind of tough. And maybe it is because you are, you know, you have a bad draft or something like that. Well, and obviously, like you said, it all comes down to the draft and the top, you know, the keepers in the first two rounds, really. Yeah. So the, the year that, the year that I won. So the 2019-2020, so the 2020 season, I, the year before that, I had a team that just would not, they couldn't, like, I couldn't get a, a good game going from them. Like, it would be, oh, you, you know, like, six catches, 60 yards, no touchdowns. I just didn't have that blowout game. So I was losing, like, clo very close games. And and towards the end of the season, I was, I was close to Sylvia and Fahey, I think, in in the hunt for the division and in the playoffs. And right before then, like I traded you cup for a first round. I traded ML. Um, I think I, I, I traded ML for another. So I had a couple like first round picks going into that season. And, and luckily uh, Finley didn't keep Adams and he fell to me at three. So I had Adams. I ended up with Diggs, and I ended up with um, Thielen. So all I had to do was just make sure I had a running back that could function and Miles uh, and um, Sanders cost me my perfect season that year. So I will never draft him again. <laughs> but but for the most part, if you if you can get it and and you know who's going to keep what too, like I, I kind of had a philosophy going in, like I wasn't going to get rid of any of my first round picks. Like, oh, yeah, you know, people were coming in because I, I kept... I kept Sanders and I kept Drake because I got them as late season pickups. And I'm like, well, screw it. I'll just, I'll have the running backs and go to the wide receivers. But for the, for the most part, I think if you, if you're holding, if you have two picks in the first round, you're, you're sitting pretty. Were there any trades last year that kind of surprised you or you thought, oh, this is kind of a questionable trade or, and I, 
I mean, I don't know if questionable is the, the right term, um, but something like that, you know, could go, oh, wow, I'm surprised that guy went for a first round pick or some, something along those lines. Because I, I don't have the list of trades in front of me, so I forget, you know, all the trades that were made. I know there was, what was it, like 10 trades or something like that last year that involved picks? Yeah, let's see. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. We had fourteen picks. That fourteen trades that involved picks. Um, nothing's really, nothing's really jumping out as like, oh my god, somebody got fleeced or someone sent this person for a first round pick. Um, that you know. They could easily gone a, a third. Like my my philosophy as a commissioner is is if you fleece someone or something like that, that's on you. Like I will approve any trade that goes through. So if you you get fleeced for a player, you know, and or you get a player that all, all of a sudden just just tanks afterwards, then you know it's kind of on you for not looking at the schedule, not looking at the games that are coming up giving up your first round pick. I think that's kind of fair. I mean, I think that's kind of how it should be too. You know, if yeah. everyone gets to manage their own, their own team. And, you know, I, I know there's a philosophy out there, you know, you let anything go because the owner might have an idea of what they're doing or how they want to try to work things out. Or, you know, they, they see a vision and, you know, they, they want to do the, the second Philly process um, and, and go five years down the, the, the road. But um. But other people are like, well, that's a that's a terrible trade. Uh, yeah. But you kind of have to let the owner own and, and go from there. I don't know what Seth, if if you agree with that, or if you just don't care either, or no, I I've always advocated that an accepted trade should be pushed through essentially immediately. I I dislike any format in which other team owners get to vote on a trade that doesn't involve their team. No one's ever going to make that vote with a clear conscience, they're either going to say, well, I'm going to vote yes because it's the right thing to do, or I'm going to vote no because that's going to help my opponent, right? So it's not like people are jumping at the chance to say yes just because they they appreciate that a trade has been made. So two adults, two consenting adults have decided to consummate their relationship (laughs) by making a trade. They should fucking go through unless somebody in the league has a rightful claim or at least a compelling claim that there is some sort of collusion going on between those two owners. That is probably the only time I would ever say, you know, there's a benefit to having checks and balances. You know, if, if you could definitively say, Hey, look, I know for a fact, John is, is, you know, quietly tanking and selling off his team, but only to, you know, ML then I would but have I, a problem with that, but we, I don't believe that's ever happened. We could also say that though, about people who after week one and week two are already selling off their teams. Well, we, and- we've never had, so with the exception of one trade, there's been one trade that the, that the league is voted against. And that was the, the Finley giving up nothing to Al for uh, Thomas and, and basically like a, a stud running back, a stud wide receiver for potential players that one was Antonio Brown, who wasn't coming back um, and another one. So we, so we went back to them and said, Hey, add draft picks and it's a fair trade. And we've also had one other trade where the trade went through two days later, the player, I think it was Will and Finley. Also the player tore his knee like during practice that Thursday. And we just reversed it back. 
So it, it hasn't been where someone's been like, oh, crap, you know, I'm chasing Sylvia in the standing. Sylvia just got this. I'm going to vote against it. There's never really been any sort of like, you know, I'm not going to be a, a douche about it and say no. Yeah. And I think it helps when a, a league is generally comprised more of, you know, comprised of friends more than competitors. Right. So, yeah, it, yeah no, no one's getting the Tommy fam. Right. Slap, you know, <laughs> but now do you guys think that the reason there wasn't as many trades this past season, or like John said, or, or maybe Sean had said, you didn't see teams selling after week two. Do you think it's because of that trade window that we instituted this year? I mean, I think it obviously is that reason that we uh, looked at a problem that we had in the league. And I think that as a league, we solved it pretty well. Um, for the most part, I think it did, but I mean, we, we still had, I mean, I think the Monday after the window was open, we already had trades going like there was like our first trade was October 12th, which I think was week four right there. And then October 14th, October 19th. So I think it was just, you, you kind of, you kind of knew you might've not had as many as people who were doing like, who were Owen two, Owen three. That might have been like, oh, I, I, you know, I sucked after the first two weeks, but then turned it around and all right, I kind of got a team and maybe held off a couple more weeks before they traded. I, I think the trade window was, was a, a good move just to, you know, let things play out a little bit. Because like you said, you, you lose the first week. Well, that doesn't mean you've you've lost the entire season. So, um, you know, to, to let it play out a little bit and get give people an idea of, you know, where they're actually going to be, I think was a, a smart move on our part. And um, at least for, for the the draft picks, you can still trade before that window. You just can't do draft picks before that. Um, so I think that was a, a smart thing for us to do. And it, again, it, I think there was getting some complaining about it's like uh, you're already trading the first round pick. And again, it's you've lost week one by a point. You know, how do you know or anything? So I think that was a, a, a fair way to do it. Yeah, I'll get the general like overview of, of I mean, you know, I'd like to have another one of the, the, the kind of league wide, you know, meetings that we can do and and go over rules and stuff like that if we want to keep that in if we don't want to keep it in i don't i don't think there was much complaining i mean the only the only complaint i really heard is is what you know what's all right fine we put through this trade what's stopping me from adding uh my my third running back for your first round pick and just say that was from earlier which no one could really no one really did but you know i i could see it becoming some sort of like argument of argumentative thing for further down the line but luckily yes as seth has said since we've all been friends forever in a day like this this you know it, it it didn't come to that in this league and i don't anticipate that it ever really would i mean as long as you maintain the core construct of it being you know friends first or whatever i can't imagine there's ever going to be a time where an owner or two purposely try to fuck everybody else for no a couple hundred bucks. You know what I mean? I just, I can't imagine anyone would do that. Yeah, Except exactly. for Rick. Except for Rick. When we agree. <laughs> and you said exactly and we agree. What was unanimous then? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know if, any other thoughts on, on, on trades or other different things from, from last season? Um, I, I mean, all- selfishly, I know that I traded Godwin to Al. Uh, and then later on in the season, Godwin blew his knee out, maybe, or Achilles, or hip, 
or so or something something but he got hurt i think he's out maybe potentially might miss a few weeks to start the year or so um i remember when he got hurt thinking like oh that that does kind of suck i'm glad that didn't happen to me i mean thems are the breaks i guess but there is uh i guess that feeling of of also being someone that has sent a first round pick out for a player who did not materialize the way that you thought that they might just that general remorse of like, fuck man. Like, Why did I think Chris Carson was the answer? Because he had two good games in a row against NFC East. Like what the fuck? So he's um, retired. I mean, I I'm all for (laughs) trades. Yeah. And then he broke his neck. I'm all for (laughs) trades. I want more. I want more, more, more. I want people to overreact. Uh, when someone has a good game or a bad game. Um, so I like the the high stakes action uh, of the trades, but I was also bothered by um, bothered by the early selling just because you know your original keeper got hurt or something along those lines. So I think all the trade rules helped. I really enjoyed last season for for whatever reason. Um, I don't remember there being any controversial trades last year outside of maybe I, I think whenever you see a trade go through your first thought is I would have beat that. Right. Like you say, I would have, I would have given more for that. Why did that guy come to me? So there's like totally an art of having a feel for when you think trades are going to happen or, you know, pouncing on when a player has had a bad game or a good game. Um, you know, and, and certainly if there's a question about an offer, like double checking with an owner um, and seeing if maybe there was like some cross lines of communication. That's obviously a good rule. I think we should implement, but outside of that, I thought all the trades were, were, you know, were, were part for the course last year. So I'm not afraid to say that I have screwed up before and have looked at someone's offer and said, Oh, I made a a, a trade or a, a proposal and they wrote back, a 12th uh, or 12th. And I assumed it was a 12th round pick. And this person who might be known for sarcasm, um, <clears throat> I was like, Oh, not interested at all. So I'm just going to move along. And when someone then contacts me and says, Oh, makes, I was like, Oh, that's a pretty good offer. I'm going to take it. And um, maybe it's Najee Harris like yesterday, maybe it's somebody else. I don't know, but it, <laughs> it happens. So um but yeah, so it happens. What can you do? Yeah, there's always one right off the bat that no matter what happens, like as soon as as soon as I put through the draft picks, as soon as like, all right, league's window's opening, I can count within two hours there's going to be a trade. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, <laughs> as someone that like wants to be the person that makes that trade, then having to take the position of like, Oh my god! What an idiot! They traded already, and now I get so <laughs> stupid. But we are you thirty know? days from the draft, so <laughs> no, right, yeah. And then you know, and of course, Najee Harris got hurt the minute he was traded. So you know, shit happens. So I I didn't know that until was I think Will mentioned something in the the chat yesterday that he yeah. got hurt. So I didn't even know that he had gotten hurt until. At, at that point when someone mentioned it. So it was, he was just, he's walked off the field because he sprained his ankle or something like that. Was it? Or. Oh, I heard he blew his knee out entirely. <laughs> he's already on IR. Yeah. But then there was articles today saying he's going to be offensive player of the year. 
So now, I, you know, I, I, so when 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 that trade was was announced, <laughs> man, there's incense all over here. It's all that clean uh, air in Jersey. Yeah, yeah no yeah. kidding. Huh? Um, when uh, when when the trade was put through in the league, I noticed one member of the league was very critical right off the bat. With the timing of it, like, oh my god, I can't believe someone made a trade already. <laughs> like, people are so stupid making these trades, right? This is why we don't trade three weeks, four weeks out of the, you know, b- b- before the draft. That, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, if there's a player that's available and you fucking want him, I, I mean, a player can get hurt at any point, right? You you have to go get the guy when you think you have the ability to go get him, right? You can't say, oh, I got to wait four weeks just because. He could get hurt, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're if you're trading for a keeper or something like that, I 100 go after him. Like no problem with that. Um, I mean, this is kind of the reason why we do the draft when we drew we do because it was the old four game preseason schedule we would do it the week after. So like you know, no one's getting because I think we did it one the first couple of years we did it early in preseason and players were getting hurt. So we just said, screw it. We'll move it. You know, we'll, we'll do it later. Or we tried moving it after and it just, people wanted to not do it on Labor Day weekend. So we moved it and players got hurt. It was like the one preseason where everybody got hurt. Like someone, you know, a knee blew out and an arm got broken. Like just, you know, all sorts of stuff happened. So we moved it back to the Friday of Labor Day. I mean, so I, I don't mind doing the whole, like waiting to get players to the last possible second. Um, but if you if you're you're targeting someone and you know you know hey hell maybe maybe earlier in in the dra- in the 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 preseason you can probably get a better deal for them. Well, the other thing too is if you don't make the trade, you know, for example, like people might go, all right, you know, Finley's open to a trade. What can I do and whatnot? Well, now he has a keeper. Now he's you know not going to be as likely to possibly move somebody else or or move some draft capital for different things like that. So yeah, I mean, I agree. You know. Yeah, it's early, but the league is open and, you know, any other league has things opening right on the first day of the the thing. So go and get that player and, you know, then you don't have to worry about it going into um, Labor Day weekend. Like, all right, I I don't have any keepers and everyone's already been gone and, you know, people aren't. And maybe someone will be like, yeah, sure, fine, I'll trade you something. But now you don't you're taking your second, third, fourth guy you want. So, yeah, I agree. Go out and get it. And why not? Yeah, you'll notice towards, uh, I mean, I always notice this towards the end, the, the week before the draft or the day of the draft, we'll get a flurry of when keepers are kind of announced. Like we used to keep, do keepers like the Wednesday before the draft. Um, and then when people realized, oh, not keeping this player kind of like it, but if you've got a lower pick where it might not fall to you, you might be able to swing a trade or something like that. Um so we we just uh, so I kind of moved it to Friday because I was chasing everybody anyways for we were you know announcing keepers on Friday afternoon before the draft anyways so just moved it to moved it to Friday everyone kind of has a, a rough idea of who's who's keeping who at by the time we're a week away from the draft and everything. Well, I'll say this: in years past, when I haven't had a, a very high draft pick, I've enjoyed that keepers weren't due until draft day. Because it definitely makes for a more interesting dynamic when you're doing your mocks that you don't know who the keepers are, right? So 
and you can always sort of guarantee that there's going to be one owner that keeps someone that everyone else goes, whoa, what? This, this, you let that guy go? And whoever has that number one pick, it falls right in their lap, right? So I've always enjoyed that aspect that there's this wild card element up until draft day. But now, for the first time, having the number one pick, I hate that. I fucking hate that I don't know who's, who's going to be kept yet, you know, so that I can't properly plan out who I need to make a, a trade offer for, or who I know I'm, is going to fall to me. Well, so it, this follows up to like last season, I every week listed all of the keepers. So does this mean now you don't want me to do that? So you want to sit on pins and needles and, and figure out if you're uh, who you're going to get? Uh, well, no, up? I mean, I, I think you can still send out that list, which is fine because ultimately that list doesn't mean anything because it's not like that list is locked in until the draft. So I can announce two guys that are keepers that I really have no intention of keeping just for gamesmanship if I wanted to, you know? So even though, you know, we're getting a, 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 I guess a, um, an idea of who the keepers are going to be, you don't know, you can't lock your draft board in until draft. Sure. So Seth, who are the two players you're keeping, but not going to keep? Well, I really love, um, (laughs) <laughs> who's on my team that retired? Someone Chris just him. Yeah, Chris Carson. I love Chris Carson. And Gronk. Tim pa- I have Tim Patrick, who just blew his knee out today. So I'm looking for him for a next year comeback. I might want to keep him around. I got Gronk. I got a whole bunch of guys that that are. Uh, you still oh, have I the big. I didn't drop the Bears defense on you yet, so you can still you can still keep them. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's going to be a lot. Of, I'm going to list all six just to start. Are you going to keep the cousin? I had he's to drop the, the cousin. He, he, uh, he's oh. not in the league, is he? Yeah, I had to drop the cousin for him oh, because no, of. No. Uh, I had to block his number because it was so embarrassing. He wasn't in the league anymore. <laughs> so I assume you're not going to be keeping Kyle Pitts, though, because you were extremely disappointed in his output last year. It wasn't great. Uh, the, 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 like, when, when our parents maybe when they get together with all the other old people and they say like, where were you when Kennedy got shot? You know, people are going to be like, they're always going to remember that moment in time. Or I guess maybe for our generation, it's like, where were you when September 11th? For me personally, it's always going to be pits over chase. Like what was I doing in that moment that I made that decision? What, what was going through my mind? Like I'll never forget pits over chase for as long as I live, which hopefully will not be much longer. you know it's funny because i was looking at pits and chase and i was like all right i want i don't don't know which one i want which one i want and when you took pits i was like all right well i guess if chase is there i'm gonna take chase and that's what i ended up doing so um so it worked out kind of well can you believe that i fell for that preseason narrative of he couldn't catch remember that they were like (laughs) this guy doesn't have hands he can't catch anything and i'm thinking this whole time i'm like Wow, what a bust this guy's gonna be. I guess I gotta go pits here. God, what a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that I am keeping Chase, and that's locked in for me. So um <clears throat> so yeah, that, that's a lock in for me. Um so all right, I'll, I'll I'll scratch him off the big board. Yeah, you can scratch him off the big board. In so, pen. Yeah, oh yeah, it's in pen. You can scratch him off in pen. That, that's that's for sure. <clears throat> I don't know about anybody else, but I can guarantee you that that that's that's a keeper for me. So, um, duly noted. Yeah. 
So th- that's one thing though, is like you, you, there's always at least one rookie that will, you know, surprise everybody and make a huge impact and, you know, come out and, and win the league for somebody. Cause you, they don't expect them. They'll, Oh, they'll have a good season or something like that. But, you know, I, I never expected chase was going to have like, you know, a 70 point game with, you know, the 200 something yards and three touchdowns or four touchdowns. And, you know, three of those touchdowns were 70 plus yards or whatever it was. So, you know, those bonus points all of a sudden add up when it's like, you know, Oh, that's his second long touchdown of the day. It's like, Oh, that's 10 extra points for me. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a huge difference on a couple of games there. When you're, when your single player beats most of the league, yeah, that's, always, <laughs> that's always a good day. Oh, I know. It's like, Oh, I'm already up by, you know, a hundred points. I think I can put that one away. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, that, that's always nice to be able to look back on that and, you know, I guess to re- relax. But uh, you've always been the the rookie whisperer in this league. Like you've you've drafted rookies and they've come up big for you year in and year out. So I, yeah, I always try to make sure I, I look and look and look. That's one thing I try to look at is the rookies each year. And like you said, just to pick it. I mean, I remember I picked Adrian Peterson, you know, way back when, and it was it was probably earlier than I should have. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I think he's gonna be really good, and he was really good. So um, I think that was the year I had um, Peterson and Tomlinson for, for my two running backs. And that was a, a good year for me there as well. So, uh, but yeah, you got to take a little bit of a risk and I've, I've taken risks before and it's completely blown up in me. So, but if you hit, you know, a couple here and there, it, it certainly, you know, plays out well. Now, do you have a, a method where, or a formula where you will take a rookie over sort of a mid-level talent, like a high floor guy? but maybe low ceiling. Are you reaching for the high ceiling, but super low floor guy or vice uh, versa? Yeah. And I, I guess it's probably like 50, 50 back and forth. I guess, you know, it's like that, that gut feeling, but I, yeah, I'm not afraid to say, all right, I think this guy could have a really high ceiling, like you said, but below the floor of this other guy that, you know, he'll have a good season, but he's not going to, you know, win the league for me. So chase was just like, I thought he was going to be good. I didn't think it was going to be, you know, a keeper this year per se, you know, he might, might have the opportunity, but I just, I don't think he was going to be that huge of a player. I, I didn't buy like, you know, the, the can't catch thing because I was like, he's a top wide receiver. He can, he can catch fine. I think. Um, so that didn't scare me off. And I thought, you know, the connection with borrow, it was going to be a, a good thing as well. Uh, and maybe I bought too much into that and that's why I went for it, but it ended up working out pretty well. So. It's so weird too, because it, it it's like, the smart football fans I remember during the draft time were saying the Bengals should get the old lineman. And, and you know, when Burrow came out saying, I'm, I want, I want my friend from school. There was a lot of like backlash on that. Like you got to protect Burrow and that's not the right pick and everything. And it's just so interesting to think like had chase gone somewhere else, right? Had they taken an offensive lineman and chase had gone somewhere else, he's probably, is he probably not like the rookie of the year or whatever? Is, is he, or do you think he still has this incredible rookie season? I mean, it's obvious that he wouldn't, right? It really depends on the, the situation that he landed in. I, I think, think it was so just... I, yeah, so I think, yeah, it depends on where he lands. I mean, if you've got a, a shit quarterback throwing to him and throwing and can't can't reach him, then, yeah, he's not going to put up the numbers. I mean, wasn't it up until, like, pretty much his, his 200, you know, his – massive three touchdown game they were still saying that mac had a chance to be rookie of the year so i i mean you put him in you put him in a crappy situation i, I mean who went after cincinnati I, the next couple picks after cincinnati 
what's the quarterback situation there? You know, I it's mean, just crazy to think like, like we've seen, like we know now we know Chase is legit. We, we can pretty much say that he's going to be in the top, you know, 20 players for the next however many years. But had he gone to say the fucking Jets or whatever, like, does he never materialize? Like, is there never a Jamar Chase because he went to that shitty team? Isn't that crazy to think about? I, it happens more often than not. I mean, how many guys you expect to, to, to go and especially in fantasy year in, year out. Oh, this guy's finally going to break through, finally going to break through, finally, and just never does. So I'm just looking at the, the draft from last year. Um, uh, so Pitts went four to Atlanta, then Chase went five to, to the Bengals. Jalen Waddle went next to the Dolphins. So, you know, if Chase had gone to the Dolphins and had Tua thrown to him, you know, I, I definitely don't think obviously he has as good of a season as he did with, with the Bengals. Uh, or if he had fallen further down to, you know, Detroit or Carolina or something like that. So, I mean, I think he, I think he's a good player, but it just, it was just like literally the perfect situation where he knew that he knew Burrow and was at already had the connection for them. And, you know, Burrow just says, all right, I know if I count to five in my head, he's going to be, you know, 50 yards downfield. And yeah, I can no just kidding. chuck it up to him and, and go get it. And so that's just like a, a, a huge thing. So I think it just, it played out perfectly for him. So yeah, I agree. If he had gone somewhere else, if he gone to Miami uh, or Atlanta, if he had gone to pick before, he definitely wouldn't have had, it's the season that he had. So. But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But yeah, I mean, the, the you know, so, sometimes it's just if, if you, I mean, we've had seasons where people have loaded up, like, you know, the year Finley won, he had a few first round draft picks or like he had like four picks in the first and second round. Um, We've had years where, um, some guys have had some people have had a ton of uh, a few picks in the and just nothing's materialized from it. So you know it's it, it, it and and people have lucked out like yourself. You have nailed rookies more often than not. I would say um, when it comes to when it comes to rookies and guys that just you know are unknowns. You know oh, you, thanks, they seem to carry. Yeah, I, I yeah. do my homework. So yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was the one year where I um I couldn't decide which Buffalo running back I wanted to take. So I took both Fred Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. And that was the year they basically canceled each other out. And then the next year is when Lynch went to Seattle and, you know, just blew it up. And I think I took Jackson instead the next year or something like that. So I was like, <laughs> oh, that was the wrong move. So, but, um, so the other thing I wanted to touch base on was, um, was looking at the, uh, the league uh, settings here. Uh, and uh, something, Sean, you had posted in, in the manager's note talking about the IR spots and um, we're getting rid of the COVID spot, correct? Yes. Yes. This this is I think also this year is going to be a good year because this, I don't think we're going to hear anything. It'll be rare that I think a player is going to be out due to due to COVID. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to get we're going to go back to the one. I mean, we have one IR spot. We can change that, that we can have like two IR spots. But I feel like we've got deep enough benches in our league where we don't need to have multiple IR spots. Um, and if we were going to do that, I would also suggest that maybe we cut cut down on the bench spots a little bit, because um, I think we're at like eight bench spots. So if you, if we need multiple IR spots, then, you know. We we might want to look into cutting it down the bench to like six maybe. 
I think if we added an IR, we would definitely have to cut out one bench spot. So it would end up being the same, but I, I like it how it is. You get the one spot. It's worked out well for umpteen years for us. So I would say, you know, why not just, just keep it like that. Um, and I, I'm glad that we're getting rid of the COVID thing because as someone who screwed it up last year uh, and luckily it didn't affect anything, um, I'm glad it's it's gone because I didn't even realize it. It was just, oh, here's this the IR spot because you forget about it. Yeah, um, and that's what happened with everybody. And and and, yeah. and, and anybody, and, and, and yet again, I will say this because yet again, we have all been friends for so long that no one's doing it maliciously. So it's not like, oh yeah, oh, I can, I can stick this person in to screw, to screw so-and-so. Like it's, it's not the case. It's, oh yeah, I have a second IR spot. Oh yeah, shit. It's COVID. Cause there really wasn't that many COVID related players being out, um, last season. So, I mean, if, if it, if anything, it was like a handful, it was like that Browns Steelers game where the Browns had like, had like 16 guys on IR and they moved the game to Tuesday night anyways, but we didn't have too many crazy crazy you know like oh you know they moved the game to wednesday because this player's on covid so we had to do like our backup player just in case so and so didn't go in and or so and so didn't play so i needed to to move around the rosters and stuff like that so i mean you guys i mean everything was fine and and the handful i think it was like four or five people there was you know just a few hey you know this is what happened do this and it was fine it's not like it's not like you were picking up players that were going to be, you know, top three positional. So it's like you're, you're grabbing a wide receiver, five running back, six, seven at that point. Anyways. Well, I don't think anybody is anticipating there being COVID outs this year. I mean, we're, we've just, we've moved on to monkeypox. So <laughs> you guys say, I, I would think that we can certainly get rid of that second IR spot, but I would also advocate for chopping off a bench anyway. I would I would always support deepening the player pool on the waiver wire just to get more uh, parity so that, you know, a team that has had a string of poor luck can have, you know, a, a larger chance to, to sort of work the way back in it if the owner is diligent enough and, and you know, dedicated enough. It sucks yeah, I mean- sometimes when you think you're only a player or two away and you yeah. just cannot get anybody. You know, I've certainly been in that spot before. But also at that point, you're also yet again, you're grabbing, you're grabbing players that, you know, so we cut out, we cut out 14, you know, we cut out one bench box. There's 14 extra players. I mean, you're, you're, you're take, you're hoping to take a gamble on a player that, you know, might be a handcuff or might be the third running back that just happens to leapfrog everybody because they have the great game and stuff like that. So it's not like where, you know, having the extra bench spots, you're you're keeping a player on that's going to be top ten every week or top twenty. So, I mean, I don't mind either way. Whatever you guys, you know, and and decide on this, I'm I'm quite okay with. I just like playing devil's advocate for everything. <laughs> oh, I, I think the other thing, like the the deep league, um, it makes it a little bit more challenging too. You know, like <clears throat> you tell people, oh, I'm in a fourteen team league and you know, there's eight bench spots and they're like, Oh my God, who, who's available in the league. It's like, well, not much. So you, yeah, exactly. you, know, you gotta make sure you, you gotta have a, a decent draft or you have to make a trade or, you know, pick somebody up in the beginning of the season that, you know, uh, works out well for you. So um, even just to say you're in a 14 team league, people are like, Oh wow, that's a lot. So, yeah. um, so 
but and, I think I, it's kind of one of the cool things about it. And and I think the other thing too that's great about the league is everybody's active from week one to week fourteen, so there isn't much of a all right. It, it's week seven. I'm one in six. I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna not respond to anything the rest of the season. I'll trade away my team and and that's that. There hasn't been like you know there's there's been times that people have played spoiler and it's been great. And there's been people who you know like they'll make trades and stuff like that. And they'll be involved there. There hasn't been a situation where I've had to say someone to a person, Hey, are you, you know, you still interested still doing this? They've, they've been, been through it. And with the, with the invention of the Hooters invitational tournament, you know, it's been, it's been a good time. I guess that would be uh, something that I would point to as saying, or, or as being a reason why I would want, to deepen that, that player pool by mm. getting rid of a bench player so that those teams that are on the bubble with only a week left still have an opportunity to grab somebody instead of saying, you know, I don't, you know, I, I just, whatever brings the, the competition more level. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem. Mode. Like if we want to do a coaches meeting or even put it in the chat, like I'll, I'll throw out the, the rules. Um, you know, if we want to drop a, a bench, I wouldn't be opposed to that. We'll obviously get rid of the IR spot. Um, we'll see if we want to keep that trading window open um, where there's no draft picks the first four weeks or first three weeks. I forget which one it was. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the you know, like it, like I said, the other thing, too, is, is is when we do stuff like this, everyone usually responds. We don't really have people that don't don't answer. When it comes to like rules or stuff like this, people stay involved when there's questions that come out about the league. Well, I think it works out well that everyone in the league is in the, the messenger chat. Everyone. It really works out good. They can do all that. So it's it's perfect. As I've 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 told them, but Finley understands that Instagram is owned by Facebook, right? At this point. <laughs> or meta, I'm sorry, by meta. But you know. I've tried adding him because of his Instagram account, but they won't. You still can't talk cross-platform. It's just <laughs> such a weird line to draw in the sand that, like, this is where you're going to say, I have my fucking principles. I am not joining the fantasy football chat. It's not going to happen. Hey, we so tried you know doing what? it on Twitter so, for a couple so weeks. So you know what, then, Brian? I'm just going to keep messaging your dad because I'm going to keep... <laughs> I'm going to keep forgetting that's not you. And I'm going to keep shooting my offers, shooting my shots with him. He'll say yes one day. He will. <laughs> you should just send them to Erica instead. And, and yeah, exactly. And, and say, well, she agreed to it. So it has yeah. to be true. So, um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, so the, the only other thing is, is I've got a, a nameplate coming with the Marymount Madman, And I need to send the trophy to you, John. Um, and the other thing is, is where's the draft going to be held? Um, so I don't know yet, but it will not be held north of Boston. I can guarantee that. (laughs) (laughs) You you should have done it just for Finley anyways. Do it, do it north of Boston because, you know, he's going to now drive up from, from Bridgewater. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that penalizes me though. So, (laughs) um, no, I, I, so I've told Rick this, and this was last year. We we, had, we were the back and forth about where we we're going to meet, and so I ended up going to Hooters. So we're like, fine. We went to Hooters in August. You know, not a big deal. And you know, I got up there, and we were talking, 
And I was like, oh, it was a long day at work. And I think ML had worked and Al had worked. And uh, Rick and Will were like, oh, we didn't do anything today. We had the day off and there's nothing going on. <laughs> and I was like, you guys didn't have the day of work. So you made us drive up here and you guys could have come down. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was just like, all right. I, I used to always you. take the Friday <laughs> off. I would always take it off. So, um, so yeah, so it's going to be south of Boston. Maybe it'll be Hooters Dedham. I, I don't right, know. There we go. Well, um, it doesn't get much more south of Boston than Atlantic City. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been trying for years for Vegas, and and that's never happened. And so I highly doubt Atlantic City is going to happen. It's it's the one time that Rick cries poor when you bring up Vegas. Says I'm just a lowly teacher. I can't make it out to Vegas in between my three trips to Europe. And my six trips to the brewery in during Wait, the can, summer. Can he have the uh the, that teaching that travel company like hook him up yeah, with like tours of Vegas or something? <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm gonna be unfortunately I looked at flights and flights back to Boston were like like six, seven hundred dollars. So I, I won't be I won't be out there this year. Next year I'll I'll definitely try. Because I do kind of wanna Biden. come up. Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> um, yes. Well, the, the other thing too is next year, um, we might be able to say, "All right, let's go to the sports book and and draft there." I, I don't yeah. know if it would be you know ridiculous or not, but or you know if we even has had an owners meeting, we could do that you know th- this season. But yeah. that might be something to throw it in there as well. Um, yeah, now that sports betting's legal, I, I know, right? Um, so I, it's not going to affect me because I don't plan on making any bets but like people like rooney are going to be going broke i think so um but we'll, we'll see so just, just so long as they pay their mipa dues first i don't care <laughs> yeah he's gonna ask for an advance on his on his dk winnings yeah, yeah come on exactly. man you know i'm gonna win this week so so that's the other thing too yep we're gonna we'll do the uh we'll do the DraftKings. so anyone anyone they don't have to be mipa members they can they can join in i know we had green do it um and a few other people hoteling in them so, uh, wanna... prospect Michael Green. Yeah, <laughs> I just love I just love posting the happy MIPA draft day and just the reaction he gives me every year. Angry, sad face, yeah. <laughs> crying face. But um, yeah, so we'll get we'll do we'll do DraftKings again yet again. It's five bucks, and if we get more than ten, if we get less than ten people, it was winner take all. More than ten, then we'll pay out first and second place. Um. And if we get more, you know, even more, 15, 20 people, we'll figure out a, a pay structure for that. Um, because my wonderful state, you can't do anything unless it's on Native American land. Um, mm. They lock down DraftKings, so I have to do everything free. And then we just, you know, secretly Go. made each other money. So, Native Americans get everything. They're so, so lucky. So sports betting is legal in Washington. But in order for me to place it, I can't use an app. I can't do any. I can use an app, but I have to be on the land where so if i use BetMGM, i've got to be in this this casino called muckleshoot which is like 20 minutes away but i can use the app there but just i can't use it at my house and it's like are you kidding me which so, which is good and bad because i guess all right well do i really want to drive 20 minutes to to place a bet do, but so, can you just i mean is is the boundary literally the casino or can you just like drive into town, place the bet, and then just drive home. Wherever their wherever their land is, and it's like pretty much where the casino is. Like you'll drive around and you'll see cod rooms. Like you'll see poker rooms and yeah. in a strip mall. But that spot in the strip mall is native land. Like that's just store. Like a, little, a little slice of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's right. crazy. So 
So I'm surprised you haven't set up like a VPN inside uh, one of these strip malls to like be inside. Yeah, the I know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they geolocate let them, let everything. Them now. Have their, let them have their one thing. Can the natives have one thing, please? <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's basically the rule here in Washington. So like any gambling, like so there's no like we don't have a win, you know, you know, like a big although they partnered with a couple of the casinos partnered, one partnered with Caesars, the other one partnered with Ben MGM. So you can use those apps, which even when I'm in Vegas, those apps suck. So it's not really a big deal. <laughs> Like BetMGM is terrible if you ever use it. Like if they, if they, if any of the casinos, like if the the MGM in Springfield allows you to use the BetMGM app, just don't. Just because you you can't place a bet, you can't access your money, you can't access your account. It won't log you in. Like I was in a MGM casino. I was in the MGM Grand trying to bet on the Celtics one night, and it just said we can't know where your location is. And I'm like, I'm in the poker room right next to the sports book, but I can't get up because I'm in the middle of a tournament and I want to place a bet on the Celtics. And it just, yep, nope. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never had any luck using the independent apps like from from the casinos themselves. It's mm. it's always like I've looked at their at their numbers, at their books specifically to see if I get better odds. Because I've heard that some people will go directly to them instead of using the main like the FanDuel or DK or whatever. Yeah, but every time I go, it's like uh, it, it feels like the websites are either wicked hard to understand how to use right off the bat, or the apps or whatever. It looks like they're all from fucking two thousand and two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just it, sports betting is already hard enough to know, like the fucking the pluses and the minuses and the overs and the unders and the lines and all this shit. And it's like and how the fucking numbers move. And then when you throw it on an app that sucks and you don't like, so you think you think you place the bet, it grays out, spins. And then it comes back and it doesn't look like you did place the bet. So now you're fucking pounding the button and all of a sudden you bet on fucking Tulsa State 42 times. Or you, you know, since you want to pile on Rick or you, or you bet a random Canadian football league game and they lose by four touchdowns. Exactly. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's it, the apps are great, but yeah. I, the, the individual like those casino ones like you're talking about yeah. there. They suck. Yeah, they're terrible. But, but the one thing I do, I would love because the, the 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 thing is amazing is if you do get out here and you do go to Vegas or anything like that, the Circa Sportsbook is unbelievable. It's one of the newer casinos downtown. And this sportsbook is insane. It's just a wall of TVs that they like section off for any game. Um, like any anything you want to bet on there, you can bet on there. Like they have stadium seating. It's it's unreal. I like the if it wasn't in downtown, like it would, it would be an awesome place to stay, but it's definitely like a cool, like I haven't been there for like a football game or anything, but I can just imagine how crazy it is on NFL Sunday. Do you think or even like March madness that a place like that could be sort of like the future of, of how sports is consumed where oh, there's like these large gathering, you know, places where people are live betting while watching, but doing it in a group setting. Well, they were talking about with the, with the stadiums, um, so Allegiant Stadium and T-Mobile Arena in Vegas that you can they they have they you can go and place oh, bets at the arena right there. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, you could place a bet at T-Mobile. Like I was at I was at a Bruins Knights game and you could legit go and place a bet right there. Um, you know, I I haven't been to Allegiant, but I assume probably the same thing. Which I mean, if we want MIPA trip 
for, you know, I know it's a week before Christmas, but the Patriots are playing in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to pass on that one. So <laughs> yeah, they're playing, they're playing in Vegas the week before Christmas. And then the week after Thanksgiving is the Buffalo game. That's a fucking loss. I know, huh? <laughs> they're both losses. Yeah, no kidding. So, but. All right, gentlemen, it has been a good first episode back for the Mipicast, kind of catching things up for the league and seeing what's what. And hopefully we'll be doing this a little bit more often this season. Um, I know Seth was the first one in this chat today, ready to go. He was first one ready to uh, appear in the uh, the Zoom here. And uh, I know he was just anxious to go. Wasn't asleep or anything, right, Seth? No, it was like the John Travolta gif, just walking, like just looking around. Like, Where is everybody? How am I the only one here? All right. Well, uh, if anyone's interested in appearing with us, please let us know. I'm sure we'll uh, send out uh, a thread send, so people know. Send your, app, send your audition tape. Yes. <laughs> send a quick, a quick, a tight thirty seconds of why you should be on the pod. Don't be, don't be afraid to get daring. Oh, daring's good. Daring's good. Or, or nude. Oh, yeah. Or if we can even see your face, sometimes I mean, that might be helpful. So. <laughs> a face radio baby yeah all right guys uh right, appreciate guys. it and uh we will uh see you on the next episode the next time it's the myth book cast and that was all but next week we'll have some more is bot isn't real <laughs>